please welcome to the Apple Store Covent Garden in London, tonight's host, Paul Croughton. Good evening, everybody. Thank you very much for coming. Um, in a storied career that has taken him far from his native island, Tim Murphy has worked on over 80 different productions, from independent films to big-budget TV series, via music videos with Noel Gallagher, and TV ads with miniature giraffes. He was seen most recently as a Russian mobster in True Detective. So let's take a quick look at him in action. She was, uh, she was beaten, raped. Did either of you request a paternity test? No, my son is my son. Casper is officially a missing person. Second day isn't showing up for work. Lots of people looking for him. You're angry at the entire world for something you never received. Soliciting a blowjob to avoid a citation. Administrative leave with pay just until IA finishes. Mr. Casper sort of holds the purse strings for a lot of stuff. The Coastal Highway has been purchased by several holding companies that will be in line for hundreds of millions in federal grants. I look forward to meeting Casper. Casper. Phil Coro, Vinci PD. This man's a missing person with us. Bezaridis, Ventura Share CID. Paul Woodrow, CHP. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Tim Murphy. I realize that's, that might be quite mean. A lot of actors really hate watching themselves. Are you one of those? Were you, were you kind of hiding when we were doing that? Um, no, I love myself. So, no, it's fine. So we want to play it again? Would you mind? And again? Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, we could do that all day. <laughs> no, I'm only fucking with you. No, yeah. So you, you play a fairly unpleasant character in, in True Detective, and we'll get onto that a little bit later on, but you play quite a lot of unpleasant characters quite a lot, don't you? Should I be scared? What's this whole villain thing that you've, you've got? Um, you probably should be scared, but you've said nothing for me to get annoyed with you yet. Um, no, no, I seem to get yeah, all these uh, bad characters, so uh, must be something about me. But now that I have a new child and everything, I think I'll get nice, soft, daddy type of roles. You think you it's know? all going to change now? I doubt it, now but it might, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, do, do you find that the kind of the villains tend to have slightly more interesting roles? Because often... The, Kind of the true detective had some quite interesting roles for everybody, but the villains tend to have the more kind of, I don't know, fun scenes perhaps, rather than the goody-goody heroes all the time. Yeah, I mean, I love playing the bad roles because uh, you, can, um, you can have fun with them, basically. They're full, these characters are full of confidence. They have big egos. Uh, most actors are quite insecure guys. Uh, so uh, I love playing uh, the bad guys. I mean, look at Alan Rickman and Robin Hood years ago. I mean, he's such fun with that yeah. character, you know. So you get to bully everyone on, on I set. get to bully everyone, and I was, like, bullied in school, so it's a fucking change. <laughs> Excuse my language, but it's, yeah. Um, so before we go into True Detective, let's, um, let's go right back to the beginning, because you studied um, accountancy and law, I think, at university. Is That's that true? That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, and you had a number of jobs as, as a bouncer or in... in uh, construction so where did kind of acting come into all this and how did you get into it um yeah i uh i worked uh yeah in construction bouncing and uh, as i went to college but acting i was uh i was dating this girl in miami at one stage and uh she was worked in a casting agency this already sounds like a good story go on. uh it is she was great and uh but um 
they needed someone that looked like James Dean, and at the time I looked like James Dean, not anymore, but at the time I did. It's funny you should say that. I've seen a picture of you in the 80s. Oh, you have? It's such yeah. a shame we haven't got it. It's the spitting image of James Dean. A bit yeah. more hair, perhaps. Uh, a lot more hair, yeah, yeah. He really yeah. did look like James yeah. Dean. So I got this job from Olsen Beer, and it was so hot in Miami, in uh, the Art Deco district, that uh, the sweat would be pumping off you, so I'd have to be taken outside every 15 minutes. Like, the previous week, I'd been roofing with a bunch of Irish guys in Florida, sweating my balls off, right? And now I'm, I'm uh, taken outside because I'm sweating, powdered down by three beautiful Hispanic girls, and uh, sent off in again. So I said, if this is acting, I get well, into this lark, you know? And then I went back to study it and all that. And yeah. it's been like that ever since, I'm sure. It's very much like that, really. It's fantastic. Everybody should do it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> So there you are, kids, if you're watching and you want to be an actor, there you go. Um, you've got a lot of uh, kind of independent films on your resume, as well as um, some kind of big budget mm -hmm. things like that. What, what attracts you to those kind of things? Is it because you might have a bit more power to have, to have an influence over the, the final product? Uh, very much so. I think in the independent movies, uh, as an actor, you've you got more to do in them. And uh, some of the characters, especially Westerns I've done, are totally different kind of characters. Um, uh, just as an actor, they're much nicer to explore. You, you can put your teeth into them than, uh, you know, getting a small part in some huge budget movie that it doesn't really interest me. And a lot of the great writers now are actually going to TV, but they're going to cable TV. So it's like, they're like independent movies in a lot of ways, yeah. Um, so let's talk about um about True Detective, because the first series was a, was a huge hit um, and was quite kind of, it's one of these things that's quite dark and quite complicated and kind of quite a lot of plot twists and things. Were you a big fan of the first series? Uh, yeah, I thought the first series was amazing, like everybody did. Um, I love the South and the, the Southern kind of gothic thing that Nick got in his writing and the actors were great, and uh, it was just kind of new television, and the, the writing was very distinct and very different to anything that had previously been done in television. I think the closest you can come to it is probably Tarantino. When he came out with his first movies, you thought people don't really talk like that, but it's very interesting, or maybe they do talk like that, you know? So, I mean, tell me about Vince Vaughn, because he's had an interesting career as well. He kind of went down a certain route and then this film, this um, production was very much seen as kind of a, perhaps a change of tact or a change of, uh, a change of kind of um, theme for him, say. Um, did he kind of feel that on set or did, I mean, did that come into play when you were rehearsing with him, talking with him? Um, I thought he was fantastic and a great actor to act opposite. Um, he was extremely friendly to everybody. He was extremely friendly to everybody on the set the, the first day. And I noticed when I came back to do some of the later scenes, the mood on the set had changed. It had become more dark. People weren't as friendly. And I think that was because the actors had progressed through the series into desperation and darkness, where they started off with full of confidence, especially his character that was just trying to do these land deals and make a lot of money, and then things started backfiring. So I definitely saw a marked change 
in the actor's mood even from the very beginning to the end, you know. Especially if they haven't read the script either. They must Well, they this have. is going to be a fun show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some people are lucky enough to okay. read the whole script. Yeah. They got the whole But thing. not me. They didn't like me for some reason, you know. Now, I'm interested to ask you about um, the kind of critical response, specifically of, of the public, because everyone's a critic now. We've all got social media. We've all got the power to kind of say, oh, my gosh, that was amazing, or didn't understand that, or whatever else. Do, as an actor, do you, do you pay attention to that kind of thing? Are you aware of when it's transmitting, and are you on Twitter and Facebook going, oh, wonder what people thought, or do you just not bother with that kind of stuff? Um, I don't pay much attention to critics because, as you said, I think it's a good age that everybody can be a critic. Because I don't think critics, most of them, don't have any special skills that they have to go to school to be a critic. It's their opinion and what they like and what they don't like. So um, I think if the, if, the, if the general audience seem to like something, uh, I wouldn't change your attitude in liking it because some so-called great critic says he didn't like it. I think everybody in this day and age should have their own opinion, and their own opinion is correct because everybody's different, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's change tack slightly and, and talk about the um, music video you did for Noel Gallagher. Um, not only did that look like a lot of fun to film, but I just wondered how on earth that came about. Do, uh, do you know, did you know Noel in the background? Or did they just kind of phone you up and say, can you come and play a fun-looking father-in-law? Uh, yeah, uh, no, I work with the director, Mike Bruce, um, who's a musician and a director. I did, uh, what did I do with him? Um, uh, the Treasure of the Black Jaguar, uh, another independent movie that uh, it was a very enjoyable experience. And he got to know Noel, he's, he's a director and he also is a musician. And he started directing Noel's uh, music videos. And this happened to be one and I was available for it. So he asked me if I'd come down and play the father of the bride. And uh, very nice guy, Noel Gallagher, actually. I think his parents are Irish as well, he was telling me, yeah. yeah. You didn't get to have a sing-along with him on the, on the set at any point then? No, I didn't want to embarrass him, you know, so uh, I, I didn't bother. He asked okay. me, all right, yeah. Now, the other ad that, um, that's got a lot of, we were talking backstage, and it's got a lot of kind of cult um, fandom around it, um, involves you and a, a very small giraffe. Can you tell us a bit about that and how on earth that came about? Uh, yeah, that's a commercial for DirecTV, and there was, it, was, uh, it came out in America, I suppose, about maybe five years ago or four years ago or something. And uh, they searched all over America and Canada for a Russian, car a Russian actor to play this oligarch. And they couldn't find one in the whole of America and They Canada. found lots of them, but, uh, and they kind of had made up their mind. But then I got in in the last minute because I played a bunch of Russians, but I couldn't get in on it because they said, you're not a real Russian, you know? So I went in and just did my Russian shtick as I, as I would do. Uh, worked with a Russian actor and told him to say my lines into a tape. And he also was seen for it, and I got it, so he uh, doesn't help me with lines anymore, or with the accent, yeah. But uh, that was, yeah, that, was a very, that went viral, as they say, and uh, uh, it was, um, that, 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 gave, that got me a lot of work afterwards, you know, yeah. If you haven't seen it, you need to go on uh, your search engine of choice and have a look at it, because it's, uh, it's quite entertaining. Now, it was a he kisses a small giraffe. That's all I'm going to tell you. 
I'm guessing that wasn't a real small giraffe. How did they, how, what, how did you kiss a small giraffe? Uh, with a clothes hanger. They had a clothes hanger and they said, bend down here and uh, pretend you're kissing the clothes hanger, you know. We're gonna have s they didn't even tell me it was a giraffe. They said, we're going to have something there, you know. So uh, I bent down and I kissed it. And it looks like a real little baby miniature giraffe. And then they made up this thing on the internet called Sokolov Stables in Russia that they actually breed these giraffes. So my agent was calling me saying, are there, do these things really exist? Because a lot of people have been calling me uh, about them, and I says, no, not at all. Yeah. So, yeah. The giraffe is about yay big. It's not, it's not a real giraffe. It looks very cute. <laughs> it does look very cute. Um, <laughs> strange conversations that we end up having. Isn't it great? Yeah. Um, Sons of Anarchy, let's talk about that, because that, um, you were in that for, for some time, and, and that looked like great fun to film. It looked like a good bunch of guys doing having all sorts of fun. What can you tell us about that? I, I would say as an actor, it was one of the best jobs ever, especially for the regular characters, because they learned how to ride Harley Davidsons, the ones that didn't ride. And uh, a lot of them would ride their Harleys to work on a summer's morning to LA, and then ride at home at night. And what a friggin' job to have. I even got a free Harley out of it myself, Did which you? was, oh yeah, which is great. That I drive up and down to uh, Malibu and go to coffee shops and look cool and stuff. You and know? put it on social media. I've noticed exactly. Oh, aren't I cool on social yeah, media? I've noticed that posing a lot. <laughs> Did you ride beforehand? Were you, were you a biker beforehand? You know, I, I rode bits and pieces, you know, but I, I'd never had my own bike or anything. Uh, I remember I went out to do an appearance for, uh, for a Sons of Anarchy thing in, in South Carolina and. Uh, I said, I'd love to ride a bike, and the owner of the store said, well, we'll give you a course in the morning, and we'll see if you can ride it or not, you know, and uh, so I wasn't too bad in the small boy bike, and the guy was kind of a redneck guy from, from you know, uh, from the highway patrol, and he was saying, well, look quite comfortable doing that, he says, uh, and he kept saying, well, you look quite comfortable doing that, you know, in and out through poles, and then he brings out this monster Harley Davidson, right, and I'm going, uh, I don't think I'd be, uh, I'd be able to ride this. It looks a bit big. No, it's the same thing. He says, you just get on, do the gears where you're doing them, but you don't go in and out through the poles. He said, you just, just go around a circle. So I did it, and it seemed fine. And then he says, well, look quite comfortable doing that. Let's hit the highway. And I'm thinking, there's no fucking way I'm going the highway, right? So I'm out in the friggin' highway with this guy, trying to keep up with him, going like 70 miles a fucking hour, and I'm thinking, I'm freezing every now and again, because my brain is saying, Morph, you can't ride bikes. What the fuck are you doing in the highway? Trucks are passing me by, right? And uh, then I says, yeah, but I'm an actor. I can pretend I am. So then I was just riding it as if I was riding it for 20 years, you know? You can just act it. Acting. Yeah. And I'm Amazing. still doing that today with my own bike, you know? Acting, riding. Um. Tell me a bit about Kurt, uh, Kirk's um, Sutter, who's the, he's kind of the renaissance man behind, behind the Sons of Anarchy because he, he wrote it and he's directed a bit of it and he's kind of produced some of it. Um, he's also involved in your, your next project. So, I mean, this is a, a bit of a partnership that you're developing with him? I suppose it is, but he also brought, he, he started in The Shield, that American TV show, The Shield, and he also brought certain actors from there into the Sons of Anarchy. So... 
he does use actors that he's used before and brings them on shows. Is that just really lazy casting, or is he just... I think he is being lazy, yeah. yeah, because we don't get on that well together, so I don't know what I'm doing on it, you know. Um, but it's good fun. He's, he's great to work with. Uh, he, in the Sons of Anarchy, definitely hit the nerve in America on what was cool, like, you know. Uh, there were a lot of different types of shows, but that show had a sense of coolness about it. If you're on the Sons of Anarchy, you're a cool actor type of thing. Um, and with the Bastard Executioner, I think it'll be great as well. I'm enjoying, I'm playing kind of a good guy in this, this time, which is a change for me, you know, so. So just to explain, that's the name of the new show, not just a new catchphrase that you're trying out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this, this new show, The Bastard Executioner, tell us why, why why that name? Why couldn't they just call it... Um, the I mean Bastard Exe... Well, the lead character is an executioner. And uh, is he a bastard? I'm not sure. He might be a bastard, you know? There are a lot of bastards flying around in the Middle Ages with the Apparently. Plantagenets, I think, were in charge in those days. Uh, I play a priest in the Father Ruskin. So this is, yeah, possibly your, one of your first experiences of playing someone who's... Nice for a change. It really is, yeah. yeah. And then we had night school, which is like learning how to ride horses and fight with swords on horseback, which was great for a 55-year-old to be flying around. I felt like I was seven or something. You, know? you didn't have anyone saying you look pretty comfortable up there? I did not, but no. I did. I, I was comfortable. It was great. You know, I loved it. Loved it. This, whenever you talk to, to actors, one of the things I found that they say is that they just get to try out so much stuff. You know, one film you might be riding horses, the next one you might be flying a helicopter or a spaceship. I mean, it, it sounds like fun. It's probably the best fun of any job when you're working. The problem is when you're not working. And I mean, probably not 80, 90% of our union in the States does not make, can, cannot make their living out of acting. But I think if you can make your living out of acting, and if you can deal with insecurity and maybe sometimes not been able to, to provide, you know, uh, then it's a fantastic career. But uh, not an easy career, but if you choose it, uh, you're probably a different type of person, you know? Yeah. And then there's people that seem to have more than one career. So isn't Ed Sheeran involved in this new series? Ed Sheeran, who I didn't know of at all, uh, which I should be shocked because my nieces and parents and brothers and sisters all know about him and uh, they had been to his concert and when I said uh, yeah there's there's some singer coming on our show his name is Ed Sheeran I think they could they all nearly dropped Ed you know and they were asking me was I had I any scenes with him could they come over and meet him and all that so uh, uh, we'll see what happens you know yeah, I'm, very, <laughs> I'm intrigued by that it doesn't he doesn't strike me as the a natural fit I didn't you know it, well, he, he did a song for the Sons of Anarchy, as far as I know. Right. And, um, uh, and Kurt became good friends with him. And he's a big fan of the show. And also, before he, he was singing, or maybe during his singing career, which is quite young at the moment, uh, he did acting as a kid. So he has acted before or whatever. So I'm told. Well, we'll wait to see. Um, now, you, you live in L.A., as you've, as you've said. Do you, do you get back to, to Ireland much? Do you miss Ireland, or does the kind of total sun kind of uh, negate any homesickness you have? No, uh, I think all immigrants, I think Irish immigrants in England and Irish immigrants in, in, uh, in America, and all immigrants, really, uh, carry loneliness around them. And I think 
for the rest of my life I will have uh, loneliness for my home country and my parents and everything. But uh, I love LA and I love living there. And when I was doing the pilot for uh, The Bastard Executioner, which would be the first two episodes we shot together in, I think, May, I got a chance to visit them twice during the filming of that, which is fantastic. Because that's filming in Wales, and they that's had filming. just finished filming in Wales, right? Exactly. Uh, we were, we, I'll go back now and shoot in Wales for the next three months. Right, okay. But, uh, no, I'm going to try to get home next weekend if I can. Well, yeah. That must be rather nice. I mean, most films are, are not shot anywhere near Ireland, so that's a, that's a change and a treat for you, surely. No, it's fantastic, but at the same time, it's like, you know, for a kid looking at a piece, of, uh, a suite or something, and it's just that far away. He, he sees it, but he can't get at it. So Wales is like that. It's still not home, and I'm, that, I'm so close to home. You know? It's still quite a long way, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I still have to take a flight and get yeah. there. And then if I'm going to Kerry, I have to take two flights to get where I'm from, County Kerry. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, we're going to throw the questions over to the audience now. So if you guys have got any questions, put your hands in the air, and nice people with microphones will... Uh, We'll come to you. So have we got any questions for Tim at all? There's one over there. Good. Hi. Um, did you find the process any different with it being like a one-arc story rather than like through other TV shows where they, where they kind of, it was, it was different maybe per episode, but, but with, with the particularly True Detective having a one-season arc, did that affect your kind of system of you know, preparation, etc.? Um, not really. I, I mean, uh, if you do that episodic thing where you do one episode of something, you get the whole arc uh, in, in, in an hour or whatever. And then with this, you get the whole arc in uh, eight episodes. And with, so there was a, a start, beginning, and an end, even though I just got the, the script periodically four days before I would shoot. So it was an unusual process like that. Um, but something like, we'll say, the Sons of Anarchy that I would have been on for four years or whatever, um, you didn't know what they were going to come up with. And it was over a longer period. But in the True Detective, I didn't know what they were going to come up with, but it was over a shorter period type of thing. So that's the only difference, yeah. And did the fact that it was directed by more than one director, does that play a part or does that have any influence? Because surely that must make it feel a little bit more chopped up or less continuous? How do you deal with that? Uh, it doesn't really affect the actor too much, I think. Um, maybe it, it affects the writer and, and the director working together, but as an actor, in a lot of these TV shows in America, they will, you get a new director every two episodes. Uh, so uh, you just get used to it, you just go in, you have your scenes, you do them as best you can and, and forget about it. Don't think too much about it, I think, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, what have you got coming, coming up, apart from we've talked about the Bastard Executioner? Is there anything else on the uh, horizon that we should be looking forward to? Uh, I've auditioned for a bunch of movies, but I also have a movie coming out called uh, No Way to Live that's a bit like, uh, you know, uh, film noir, southern gothic type of thing where I play... Uh, uh, a bit, I suppose, like Matthew McConaughey's character in uh, in the first True Detective. So more like that than uh, yeah. Okay, we'll look out for that. Yeah. Um, there's a hand over there. Hello, uh, I'm Brazilian. You're Russian. My English is not so cool, but let's try. Uh, what's your relation with Nicky Pizzolato? 
You know him or something? Um, I wouldn't know him that well. Uh, my relationship uh, is uh, me just working with him. He, he would be there on the set every day. We'd say a couple of words to each other, but there was no uh, long discussion uh, uh, or long conversation between the two of us. Uh, television is done very fast in America. So there, when you go into the set, you come in prepared and you just uh, do your scenes. If he's not happy with something, because he was very hands-on with the director, he was nearly a director himself when he, uh, during the, the filming of it. Um, he, he might adjust scenes if he wasn't happy with the way things were going, you know, but he, he even rarely did that, you know. So I wouldn't, have, uh, I wouldn't be best personal friends with him, but I think he's a very talented person, yeah. And he was a joy to work with as well. Go ahead. Hello. Um, what I was going to say was, do you prefer doing your TV series or do you prefer doing movies? And in terms of relationships, do you feel like you build better relationships with the fellow cast when you're doing se like a season? Or is it more like in movies you feel a lot closer to everyone? Um, when you're just doing one episode of, some, of something, you don't get to know people. That I, I would prefer doing movies myself. Uh, it's, it would be my favorite art form, movies. Um, if you're a regular on a TV show, you do a lot of them throughout the years, you become quite close to the actors that you work with and the directors and the producers. Uh, something like um, True Detective, where I just came in to do my scenes, you would talk to the actors on the days you'd go in, but you would not form very strong relationships with them because you wouldn't see them outside the days you're, you go in. And if you weren't acting with them, you wouldn't see them at all. Like, I knew Colin Farrell from before, but um, we didn't have really any scenes together in True Detective, so it wasn't like we were talking together, hanging out or anything like that. And with Vince Vaughn, I would just go in and we would just do our scenes together and uh, maybe talk in between them, but that'd be it, you know, yeah. You mentioned right at the beginning that you've just become a father. Congratulations. Oh, thanks. On that. Um, lots, of, uh, lots of actors say, especially when they do some more kind of edgy work, they say, now that I've got children, I quite like to make stuff that they might actually see. So when your, um, your son is a little older, would you, do you think, can you imagine yourself doing some Disney characters or do you think you'll uh, stay dark? Um, I like staying dark, but I'd also like to do maybe in five years, Frozen 5 or something, you know? If I was doing Frozen 5, I'd be a big hit in the family, you know? I bet. I have a three-year-old, and that's her. she dresses up like princesses all the time, and when we sing that song badly, you know, whatever song is in there that their mother puts on the radio, uh, yeah, they love it. I won't make you audition for Frozen Please 5 in don't. front of these, <laughs> these nice people. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for being here. Uh, please thank Mr. Tim Murphy for his company.